So growing up, there were two questions that just sort of rocked my world. Um, the first was this. Why didn't Chewie get a medal at the end of Star Wars? Han and Luke got a medal. Um, why not Chewie? This was my first encounter with inequality in our galaxy or a galaxy far, far away. The second question was this. Uh, whenever someone asked me this question, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> a question I am still asking. I know many of us in this room are asking as well. At first, it's a question that's full of possibility. You know, you want, you want to be an astronaut or a soccer player or a power ranger or a garbage man. Those were on my list of things. The world was wide open. But as life progressed, the choices narrowed and the question became one of uncertainty. Uh, one of anxiety, even. We're told that there's this thing for us in life to be at this future point when we grow up, right? Uh, where life will just plateau and settle out and we'll just be something forever. Uh, that there would be this achievement point in which life and purpose and job and circumstances will align in this magical melding of meaning and college major in which every Monday morning feels like a blessed event because you get to wake up and be. You'll never work a day in your life. But some seasons, it's just another manic Monday. Whoa, whoa, whoa right? Because life doesn't plateau it out at all, unless you count like the flat part at the beginning of a roller coaster, <laughs> that's the plateau. We start to wonder if we're missing something. Even, wonder, even, even worse, we start to wonder if, if finding our purpose was in this life was, was like a single train track, like a divine plan. And if we miss a signal or we take a wrong turn, that we just derailed forever. We've missed our calling. we missed the plans for us. What if we miss it? <laughs> Purpose and plans and calling and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my, right? <laughs> All right, so time out. I don't know about you, but my anxiety level is like through the roof just talking about this and thinking about this. So let's, let's breathe a little bit together. <sighs> okay. All right, because I think there's something here for us today. Uh, I think there's something life-giving and freeing and challenging and empowering that begins with this thought, but it begins in a different place than just thinking about what we will be, but it begins with God's radical love for us, that before we're to be, we are beloved. Before we've gotten our first report card or job or job evaluation, and, and even beyond that, we are beloved, and we have a calling in our life. But what if, what if our calling is not as much about what we were built to do, but more about what we were built to be. Not as much about what we do for a living, but more about how we are living and being amidst all that we do in this life. Maybe, maybe, what we're called to be is about who we truly are. Truly are in the depth of our spirit and the truth of who we are and all our uniqueness and idiosyncrasies at the heart of this indispensable beauty that God has woven into us is a beloved child of God. And finding our path is as much about finding that as anything else. So as the Quaker leader Parker Palmer wrote in his amazing book on vocation, he said, before I can tell my life what I want to do with it, I must listen to my life telling me who I am. 
And then later in that book, Let Your Life Speak, he said, discovering vocation does not mean scrambling toward some prize beyond my reach, but accepting the treasure of true self that I already possess. That God-breathed treasure of our true self, who we are, who we were built to be, that we discover at that intersection of divinity and you. As God opens us to who we are and who we were built to be and opens our arms to the world around us. We call that intersection vocation. And so today we're going to talk about that word, vocation. Uh, Not about occupation, (laughs) but about vocation. It's this fancy Latin loan word that means calling from vocare, to call. And I, I love that it's this vocal word because you can think of it as this word that's spoken over your life and over your journey. It's a calling on you. But hear this in the midst of our anxiety over this topic as we breathe together. Know this. It is like the third word spoken over you (laughs) in life. It's not the first one. You are a child of God. Beloved, those are spoken over you every step of your journey, and you are called. And in some way, your calling and your vocation is a lifelong journey of living out your identity as a child of God, beloved. So the community of John wrote this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. It said, see what, what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Beloved, we are God's children. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we will be has not yet been revealed, but we know who we are, children of God, beloved. And so your calling, your vocation is a lifelong journey, I think, in some ways of that revealing of who we will be. It's emerging from that intersection of who you are and who you are ever becoming at the very heart and the dream of God in our world and in your life, that heart of God at work in you. The calling of God that's spoken over your life is to be who we are for love of God and neighbor and ourselves. In so many ways, vocation is simply about loving as we have been loved, as we truly are. And so how do we find that? How do we find vocation and that calling in our lives? Do we just like shake our lives and see what sparks joy for us in the way, right? I mean, maybe. That's a good place to start. <laughs> That's this. But maybe, 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 maybe there's a little bit more. Um, but all I've got is that. And so, luckily, we've got some friends today who, here in this community who have a little bit more than that to offer to us. And so I'm going to invite up two people today who thought about vocation and lived vocation well. Uh, the first, uh, first of those is Demi Prentice, who's coming from the back, and, and Crystal Stroud. Demi is, uh, is a coach, life coach, um, and uh, author of a book called Radical Sending about this call on all of us to go and be sent and to serve. And Crystal is author of, like, all of this. So (laughs) good people to find. So welcome them to the stage for us this morning. Awesome. (laughs) Cool. There were three stools up here, and now there's two. And so um, hang on just a second. (laughs) Pay no attention to that man running behind the curtains up there. All right. So uh, Demi and Crystal, welcome up to, uh, to this conversation. Thank you for being here. So I've got a question um, for you, uh, and that's simply the question, what is vocation? Um, so Demi, I'm going to ask you that since you've thought about this a bit. What is vocation? Well, um, oh, 
How about we? Thanks. All right. We are a well-oiled machine here. Awesome. This place. Sweet. Many years ago, that a definition that I like. It's vocation is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet, and I think that has something to say to us. But it's easy for us, just like anything else, to trivialize it and mean that oh, if I'm not happy doing what I'm doing, then obviously it's not my vocation. And that really takes gladness out of the realm that I think Victor meant And I don't speak German, so I couldn't tell you what he wrote. But, <laughs> but that gladness is a sense of joy deep inside. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but I, I, think it's, I think it's more than that. And Crystal, you've talked a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, to me, vocation just means having the courage to be yourself, like your true self in whatever you're doing, whatever is happening in your life, whatever conversation you may be having, whatever job that you're doing, it's just having the courage to show up as who you truly are. Hmm. So that vocational call, um, that, uh, that's the intersection. I think we've got the quote there, Darren, of this intersection of the place where the deep gladness and the world's hunger coincide. And you've described it as, as this part of you that is truly who you are and being courageous to live that in the midst of this world. How do we, uh, not everything in the world makes us glad <laughs> that we encounter in life. And so thinking about it, that deep gladness, can you kind of unpack what that gladness word might mean for us, Demi? it's complicated. I was at a conference recently about faith at work, and one of, the, one of the speakers said that we need to be careful about understanding vocation, and, and we like to make it really singular. I have my vocation, and really it's much more complicated than that. It's iterative through our life. We keep discerning and discerning, and we may have multiple vocations. And he said, wherever there is relationship... You have a vocation. That really struck me, uh, struck a chord in me, to look at all the relationships that are real, true relationships, not what we sometimes call relationships, not just Facebook friends, but a, a true relationship. What is my vocation? What is my calling to that child of God that I'm in relationship with? How am I called to be fully who I am in that relationship so that I might make that person even more fully who they are? We're, we're talking about God here, and God is open. That's why I, I, God is an invitational God. God is so open to what we bring and to what we might attempt to do in order to be fully ourselves, uh, even the crummy mistaken parts too. Hmm. Hmm. So we've got lots of relationships in our lives, uh, and important relationships. We've got relationships with coworkers, relationships with bosses. <laughs> we've got relationships with you know uh, those kind of like occupational relationships. We also have relationships with uh, maybe family, your friends, or, or people that we're we've been entrusted with the care of in our life. How do we? balance and um, all of those different good relationships in our lives when we think about it in terms of that. Come on, Crystal. <laughs> Be brave. I don't know. I, I think that 
Like, I'm just, like, off the fly here. Cool. But um, something that, like, has been told to me several times throughout my life, like, when I'm in a friendship or a relationship with someone that, um, like, I've been, I've had older people in my life say, I don't think that you're doing everything for them is serving them well. Like, that phrase, like, I know that you're, you're trying to overcompensate or you're trying to make this work or fix it or fix them or whatever that looks like, but it's not serving them well. And that phrase, like, has irked me like my whole life because I'm like but serving someone is serving them well like I just don't understand but I think that it comes back to this like I think that looking back in the ways that I was compromising who I am to be in relationship or to care for um, or to work a job is is where I was not serving them or myself well I think it's really about you know knowing who you are and what you have to offer that will like Demi said help them become their best self as well like living and having the courage to be your best self in everywhere that people show up um, really is a difficult thing. Um, and, and, and in the ways that we choose to not compromise that, I feel like that's how we find that balance. Really knowing ourselves is the beginning of that. Yeah, I think knowing ourselves is really important. I think God always calls us higher, too. We get pretty comfortable with our shtick. You know, I'm the one who does that. I change the tires or whatever. Well, maybe, maybe it will serve the person whose tire you're changing to not have that done for them always since I won't always be there. And maybe it would help them to learn and grow. And that's very, a very trivial example. But God calls us sometimes to step back as well as to step in. Hmm. And one of, the, one of the bedrocks that I can place that on is, who am I and who am I called to be in this moment? Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, we, uh, so tell us about, um, about that process of discerning. Uh, discerning is a big like, church word that means <laughs> like, reflecting and, and thinking, trying to think deep uh, to understand this. How do we go through that process of discerning our vocation? Uh, give us the like, three-step process so we can, uh, we can yeah. do it yeah. on Monday. Take out your notebooks. Right. <laughs> I, I think the complicated part is it's not a linear process, and it's not uh, a, a one-and-done it's, it's a spiral, and we get to keep doing it again and again because who I am right now is not exactly the person that I was 10 years ago or maybe even 10 minutes ago. And so staying in touch with that is really important. Staying in touch with God as that open, inviting Uh, force in my life and and staying in touch with where I am and what I'm up to. Hmm. What serves the people I'm in a relationship, the thing that I'm doing and that I'm called to do, or even perhaps that I'm paid to do that I really don't much love, but I've promised or that exchange of paycheck that I would do that. All of that is a piece of that discernment, and it, you just don't get to quit, you know? Hmm. When, when my son was three years old, he was very clear when somebody asked him, what do you want to be? And he said, first judge in space. The first judge in space? <laughs> 
and we had, a, we had a long road to go on uh, <laughs> about judge is not an entry-level uh, position. <laughs> Neither is space travel, you know. But it's interesting to me that now, as an almost 40-year-old attorney, he's possibly in line to be a judge. Hmm. And part of that is his desire that's carried in there, but part of that is who and what he's shaped to be. And he's been that all his life, even before three. Wow. So hopefully Space Judge is the next thing. Uh, no, I, not not going to happen. His STEM <laughs> skills are not that high. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So a lot of times we, uh, I love this thought of this continual process. Discernment life and, and examining in the places where we are, you know, kind of what is, what is God calling us to? And, and you've, when we were talking this week, you used th- this beautiful phrase, you know, what are God's priorities for me in this? Can you talk a little bit about that? I, I think that's hard, uh, especially, I mean, we talk, we get pinched in this all the time between work and family, but there are a whole bunch of other things too, myself and how I'm going to grow. And we we do our best to discern it, but doing our best, I think, really means not doing it all on our own. Hmm. That discernment process is not a solo gig. Um, the people to say about that, the people we know and trust, maybe not the fellow on the airplane next to you. Um, the God has something to say about it, and our deep inner self has something to say about it. Mm-hmm. And it's always a balancing act, and like any balancing act, since most of us are not Walendas, um, you know, the big uh, tightrope walking family, um, most of us don't get it right all the time. In fact, maybe we're lucky if we get it right half the time. But the graceful thing about this open and loving God is that we get another chance. The monks together in community, you do as a monk, they say, we fall down and we get up. We fall down and we get up. We fall down and we get up. And it's with the grace of God and their own work, but the help of their community, that they're able to do that each time they fall down. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, when someone asks me, what do you do? That's what I'm going to answer now. Awesome. So speaking of what you do, uh, we, as we've talked about vacation. I always go to occupation first. Like, what do you, what do, you do with your life? Um, but, Crystal, you, you talked about how in the many different occupations that you've held in your life that you found in the midst of that, kind of where you feel like your vocation in the midst of that is. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, so, for me, um, a lot of that has started with really knowing who I am and starting to know who you are really comes from what people will tell you about yourself. Like, usually people know who you really are before you do. And I think that I'm lucky enough to have, you know, grown in the presence of really smart people who have had the courage to be their best self first and to see in me and to call out in me and to say to me, why aren't you doing this? This is who you are. Um, and so I, when I actually came here. That's, that was a Jonathan. He asked me that exact question for this job. <laughs> but anyway, so, sorry. I'm like the most emotional person on earth. <laughs> that is who I am. Um, and so... <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I've kind of learned to um, describe it as this. I've, I've kind of phrased it this way, that my calling in life is to be a bridge. And no matter where I am or what I am doing, and I'm currently, like, I kind of have three jobs. I am a worship leader in this place. I do strategic communication for churches um, and for a lot of nonprofits. And then I am an Instagram model and, like, trying to be a plus-size influencer to help women understand that you are absolutely beautiful and stunning, as is no need to change it. Um, And so in all of that, I feel like what the commonality and all the things that I do is that um, I, I am here to be a bridge to help people see where they stand in divinity. Like, the divinity is already in each person, but I am, I am here to bridge the gap to help people to see that from here to there, like, God is already here. You know what I mean? Um, and so, as a worship leader, I stand up here and I do my best to be a bridge. Like, I'm, I am not special, but I am so blessed to stand in this community with all of you as your equal and as your friend and help bridge the gap into this space of divinity. Um, And in the strategic communication world, I help bridge people with resources, um, connect a target audience with what we have to offer them. You know, in my modeling world, I'm here to help women see that where they are really is already good and beautiful and perfect and wonderful just as they are. And so I, I told this that, you know, even if I, you know, were to lose my voice, like, no joke, I would be shook. Like, So shook. would we, too. Yeah, like, it, it would not, like, I would be wrecked over it. But at the end of the day, I already know that my calling is greater than my job and that wherever I am and whatever I'm doing, I will be able to practice my purpose because I know who I really am, and that can take place anywhere. Hmm, that's awesome. I love that. And, and it's what Crystal has realized is not something that you wake up one morning when you're 23 and say, I'm going to be a bridge. <laughs> um, it's, it's something... I mean, space judge makes as much space, sense. First judge so. in space, yeah, right. Not, not exactly. But... It's, it's something that you can apprehend better looking backward than looking forward. Um, in my life, I've, I, well, I am now an author and an editor and um, what, what, what one personality description calls a thought rocket for, for a process of um, developing curriculum and workshops for Lilly Project grants. Um, and I'm a coach and love to work with people. Prior to that, I was a ministry developer. Prior to that, I was a community organizer. Prior to that, I was an equity stage manager. Prior to that, I did businesses. And what I began to realize, I was a newspaper editor too along the way somewhere. Um, my calling appears to be gathering people with incredible talents and gifts and creating something amazing, a stage show or a weekly newspaper or a book that helps make things clear for people. But all of those things are, I couldn't have imagined when I was setting out in my very first job in the world as a theatrical stage manager. All I knew that I was doing what I loved and what people said, you really make that work. How do you do that? Yeah. It's just who I am. That's, what That's I awesome. And when I think about those, those two things that you've, you've articulated about yourselves, 
a bridge and someone who gathers a community to be better than it could as individual vision. Those sound to me like aspects of Christ. Christ's the bridge for us and Christ the one who gathers us. And so it's amazing when we find those places and we do that inside work of trying to listen and, and be attentive to how God has built us and recognize that it can show up in any place. How often that just lines up perfectly with the character of God, but the unique piece of that that we've been built for in this. And I think it's important as you discern your vocation is to pay attention to those touchdown moments, you know, the (laughs) celebration in the end zone kind of thing, when you feel like, wow, that could not have been more amazing. That may not be what you're called to do, but in that moment, God is going, are you paying attention? (laughs) Did you see what you just did? I think God's really trying to speak to us in that sense of our, it's not our triumph, it's a rightness that we feel, you know, that I was just there at that right moment to catch that pass and that other guy wasn't, you know, it just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that can show up whether you're doing, whether you're a football player or a data entry person in all kinds of places of of those ways that, um, that we live uniquely into the way that God has built us in a way that brings life for the common good and for the people around us. And I think of that Mother Teresa quote, um, you know, that it's, it's not about doing great things, it's about small things done with great love. Uh, that in the midst of our life, that can be a part of connecting with our calling. Is those moments where it seems like something has happened beyond our own ability <laughs> in that, or, or capturing the best of our own ability that seems to be what happens when the Spirit of God intersects who we are and life is created in the midst of that. And that transformational power is at work. Mm. Um, that, to me, is the power of, my, of our belief as Christians in the Incarnation, that God actually came to occupy human flesh and was God and human being all in one. And that power is accessible to us when we are open to God's openness to us. That's awesome. So uh, in our con- we talked for a while on, on Wednesday for two hours. Um, it was awesome. I learned so much, and now I feel like I'm, I'm more attuned with my calling. But uh, I did take, I was joking about like a three-step thing, but I really did take some notes about some steps to do. And so I've got them here on the screen. Um, Darren, if you want to put those up. And so just from our conversation, um, you know, just step one, do the work uh, to know yourself as God is calling you. And we say step one, like it's like, okay, so Monday, do this. Uh, but this is part, of, this is kind of like uh, one of the things that in the midst of this. Yeah, absolutely. So Crystal teaches the Enneagram that connects us with this, and, and we, we talk and reflect on that. So two, have the courage to be yourself as God is calling you to be in the places where you are. And that's what Crystal articulated. And then step three is that falling down and getting up. Keep trying, listening, and and others on our journey. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat <laughs> in the midst of this. Yeah, do you have anything to add to that, either one of you? I don't think so, especially. I, I think... God so loves us that we have this opportunity to participate in what God is at work in in the world, what God is doing, and to try to discern God's priorities for us in our little part, because that's the only part we can do. 
We can't do anybody else's part, just ours. But we can do it with great love and with the intent to bring Christ into the picture, perhaps not overtly, because often that's not the best strategy, but to know that Christ is right here alongside, inside, at work in you as you are at work in the world. Hmm. That's awesome. So there's so much more to say about this, and this is just scratching the surface, um, even of the notes that we had of our conversation today. But I want to offer you two, um, two ways to continue on the, in this conversation, because I think in the process of this, um, we as open, as, as each and to listen to, to the, who we are and what God's calling us to do, that we as a community find our own vocation in the midst of that. So we think this is incredibly important. So tomorrow night, right back here in this space, uh, we have something called Real Talk, y'all, which is our uh, monthly Q&A, uh, Q&A. We never answer anything. So. <laughs> Q and Q, and Q right? Just the Qs keep coming, uh, called, called Real Talk, y'all. So it'll be Monday here in this space, and Demi and Crystal uh, will be here, and we're going to go further about this question of vocation. And so we know you have many questions from your own experiences um, to bring to this. And so it'll be here uh, Monday night at 6.30. We'll have pizza and, um, uh, and fellowship time together uh, also. And then uh, someone from our community who's right back there in the back, Jimmy Renfro, come on down here to the front so we can see you. Uh, Jimmy is, um, he's uh, been a long time sort of director of career uh, counseling department at uh, UNT's health sciences department, but he is uh, pursuing a certification in kind of vocation. Well, and, and after Demi uh, articulated that so well, I'm blown away with your, your gift of, of words. All I can say is, I coach good. That's about <laughs> all I, but um, as Jonathan said, I'm, I'm in an executive coaching training certification program at UT Dallas, and my work is pro bono as I'm in training, but I'm also a career-long uh, career counselor, and so I'm happy to help anyone who would like to touch base. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jimmy. That's an incredible story. I think this could be of use to open because of the relationships that he's met with you. Um, and if that's the case, then we'll help you connect with Jimmy along the way. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, Demi, do you mind? Cool. Do you mind praying for us uh, and praying for our community? Not at all. Oh, gracious, loving, all-embracing Spirit of God. Carry us out from this place today, aware of your love around us and in us. Carry us forward into the life you're calling us to lead, that we may flourish and grow in your spirit and in our ability to make your world more the way you would imagine it to be, just as we become more and more the people you dream that we can be. Bless our lives, bless our families, bless those who love us and those whom we love, and give us joy in the journey. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.